Let us pray. Holy One, we thought that it would be an easy fix. We thought if we would do the right thing, follow the right rule, find the right technique, then life would be as it's supposed to be. But we know that we carry around so many competing stories in our souls, in our hearts. We pray for your spirit and your word of life to inscribe a new story on us. A story of abundance, newness, and fullness of life. Amen. So, how does real change happen? It's a rhetorical question. I, I would have set up a mic if it wasn't a rhetorical question. But what does it take to experience a changed life? What does it look like to see real, chat, lasting change in our lives or our world? How do we get from being one way to being another way? Our reading from the Old Testament's book of Jeremiah offers us a beautiful, poetic vision of the future. A future where the kind of change we've always longed for has taken place. It's upbeat and it's inspiring. But behind the, the poetry of these words, there's pain. There's trauma, there's hopelessness, there's uncertainty. Jeremiah's people had experienced one of the history's worst calamities. Babylon, the world's largest superpower, the world's biggest empire, had invaded. They'd burned down cities. They pillaged the countryside. They hauled countless people from their families and their homes into exile. And they killed countless more. And the Babylonians knocked down the Jerusalem temple the very heart of their society, the place where they believed that the divine and ordinary worlds met, was destroyed. So speaking of change, this hopeful word was spoken to people without any hope. They were traumatized, and the land was desolated. But what's worse, they believed that they were responsible for this devastating change. Jeremiah, speaking in God's voice, says that this new relationship will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant they broke. When he says this, the broken covenant he's talking about is the Ten Commandments. The laws given to Moses on the mountain early in the Old Testament, after the Hebrew people were released from slavery. They lived for hundreds of years as slaves. They learned to think like slaves, and they learned to act like slaves. They thought that punishment, oppression, and disregard for the humanity of others was normal. 
was business as usual. So the Ten Commandments, this law, was supposed to transform them into a new people, to bring them into full communion with the divine, and to guide them into treating one another with the full dignity of their humanity. They were rules meant to change them for the better. But the people couldn't pull it off. You can take the people out of Egypt, but you can't take the Egypt out of the people, it seemed. So our passage is actually set hundreds of years later. Jeremiah's people believed that God had brought about this destruction because they were unable to fulfill the commandments. They constantly failed the expectations given to them by Moses on the mountain. They couldn't keep up with their part of the bargain. They weren't able to follow the rules, but they continually broke them. In the Ten Commandments, many people believed that they had been given all the right rules to a good life. They had all the right rules, they had all the right techniques, they had all the right methods, yet even with the right rules, they seemed to be the same old people they were when they got out of Egypt. Faltering, failing, hurting, and betraying one another. As human beings tend to. Try as they might, they were unable to change. They couldn't do it. But the ancients aren't the only ones who think this way or who thought this way. It's something that's just as much part of our culture as it was theirs, if only in a different form. The popularity of self-help books might be a good indicator. And somebody I know recently posted an article titled, 12 Steps to Raise Your Self-Esteem and Be a Better Person, or 23 Body Language Tricks to Make You Instantly Likable. I clicked on that one, I'll, I'll admit. I clicked on that one. I'm learning, I'm learning. Okay, I gotta be less tense. Maybe it's wearing the right thing, maybe it's eating the right foods. More kale, please. Going on the right cleanse, exercising more. Sometimes we think that if we create the right system or buy the right thing, and then things for us will finally fall into place. We'll finally be on track to better lives. Then we're disappointed when we tried all the right things and nothing fundamental seems to actually change. We can blow all the money in the world that we want and nothing seems to actually change. Except for kale. Kale's good for you. Eat more kale. <clears throat> I like kale, to be honest. And Christians are notorious for this kind of thinking too, but it usually has to do with the Bible. A writer I like named Tex Sample tells this story about being a little boy growing up in Texas and seeing this real southern preacher standing up in the pulpit one Sunday, Bible clenched in one hand, and the other pointing at the congregation. Maybe you should read that body language article. Maybe you should have. I swear to y'all, he said, 
if it weren't for what's in this book, I'd be out having me a real good time. So the Bible and the Christian tradition are often seen as something outside of us, some rule outside of us, as a list of do's and don'ts. If you do what you're supposed to do and avoid doing the bad stuff, then your life will turn out. And simple experience seems to tell us otherwise. To become the people we want to be, or supposed to be, we think that there's always a trick, a regulation, or a formula, always a shortcut, always a technique or a fix, always a rule we can follow that if we, don't, that if we finally get it right, it'll change our lives for the better. Don't get me wrong, though. Techniques, methods, rules, and all those things are useful. They can be helpful, and they can be good. But, like the people who Jeremiah addresses in today's passage, they can only go so far. We inevitably fall short. We may not experience the same kind of desolation that Jeremiah's people felt. But thinking this way can leave us empty, it can leave us feeling dissatisfied, and give us a sense of hopelessness. They just don't lead to real change in our lives. which leads us all the way back to the same question. How does real change happen then? If all of these different formulas and techniques fall short of their promises, then maybe we're just fated as individuals and a species to the way things are. It's a completely reasonable question for us, especially looking inward at our lives and outwards at our world with its many problems, its obvious shortcomings, whether the issues are personal ones like addiction or meaninglessness or global anxieties like climate change, terrorism, or rising inequality. There must be some way out of here once said the latest Nobel Prize winner for literature. Can true change, lasting change, happen at all? Can it happen at all? Is it possible? And despite the fact that Jeremiah woke up one day to a world in ruins, everything that he knew was destroyed, he tells us that change is possible but it's not gonna come the way we always thought it would. Through the right rule, the right procedure, or the right technique that changes us from the outside. Here Jeremiah offers us a divine vision of change, one that begins with the image of human beings and animals as seeds, seeds planted in a deserted landscape. The desolate landscape that was once left barren by war and destruction begins to blossom again with life. Then there's the image of the creator making a renewed relationship with the people, repairing the one that had been broken. God doesn't seem to give up. But then here's the key image to it all, and the reason why I have this strange plant-like heart on here. 
It's a key image. God speaks and God makes a promise. This is the covenant God says. This is the relationship that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them. And I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God. And they will be my people. So where the Ten Commandments were chiseled into stone tablets as rules to be read and followed, here God says, this time I'm going to etch my love and my way for them on their hearts. The heart, the decision-making center, where every decision begins. I am going to tattoo this new sacred identity into the fabric of their very being. And this is how the real change, the true transformation of all things, this is how it'll take place for good. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, says Jeremiah. We obviously aren't there yet, but this is the direction we're headed and the journey we're on in this community of faith. It's actually our reason for being. We are not here to establish or enforce rules to be followed. We're not here to give formulas to fix people's lives. We aren't here to hawk strategies for salvation. We're here to follow Jesus, the pioneer who has already tread that path to the future. To be and live as people who are able to lower our defenses, able to put away our pretending, our self-righteousness, and our judgment. People who, like the holy promises delivered by Jeremiah, have their hearts opened to the Spirit. And their hearts are etched, imprinted by the divine author of the universe where our hearts are healed and made new, and we are able and empowered to be and do more than we ever thought possible, with love flowing from the beating heart of God, mending our own and overflowing into our world. Change from, not from the outside in, but change from the inside out. Change from the inside out. This gets to the heart of it, you could say. Ha, 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 ha. Ho, ho. About how real change happens. Real change doesn't come to us from the outside in as rules, fixes, or techniques. Stone tablets that can be broken and put aside. The divine relationship etched into our hearts, the spirit that is at work inside of us, is far more enduring. This is what God is up to in this place. And this is what God is up to in our fragile, hurting world. Change not from the outside in, but change from the inside out, written on our hearts. Permanently, tattooed. 
So, is real change possible? How does it happen? It is possible. I've seen it. And it all starts with a spirit at work writing a new story on our hearts. Here, right here, right now, in this place. Right here, right now, in this place. And for this, thanks be to God. Amen.